0: Hi everyone, I'm Mel and welcome to another Empowered Love Radio show. And Empowered Love Radio is now being broadcast live across the Speak Up and Talk radio network. And you can listen to their shows by going to speakuptalkradio.com. This week's radio show and article is a bit of a follow up from last week's conversation. And this week, the topic is, what can we do with narcissists? And I really, I did, I loved sharing with you last week's article and radio show about narcissists and epigenetics. And the reason is because I am very excited about our possibilities for a new world. I'm excited about what can be done and how we can do it differently to what has proven to not work in our past. And I placed a post on Facebook yesterday from talkermen.com that I screamed yes to when I saw it. And this is the post. Everyone wants to change the world, but few are willing to change themselves. And I know how relevant this is to what we've all been playing out with each other, narcissists included because we were all brought up under the pretense that if someone or something could change then our own life could change and become fulfilling and that is conditional living and in so many ways that premise doesn't hold up and I really just want to be straight to the point here because I know that we've all been mesmerized to think differently and the illusions that we have been programmed with are very powerful Yet if you think about these points that I'm about to share with you, you will see not only how obvious they are, but also how they have demonstrated as absolute truth in your life. So the first point is, no one ever changed their behavior because somebody else believed they should. And the second point, everyone is acting in a specific way that they believe is justified given their own emotional background and the next one when someone is forced against their will to reform they will defend their position even more strongly and overloading jails, courthouses and questionable legal results let us know that something is not working in our system regarding trying to hold people accountable So what our new science and spirituality model is waking us up to is 1. Prior subconscious programming is what creates people the way they are. So therefore reform is more about changing belief systems than trying to punish and hold people accountable. And people's programming doesn't change regardless of what outside forces we try to inflict on them. And unless there is reprogramming through purposeful inner work or a spiritually reforming higher power experience, the person will always default back to the way they are. And we cannot force someone through our own statements of horror, pain, guilt-inducing, lecturing, prescribing, pleading, coercing, loving or any other form of enabling to change if they don't want to change. Enabling never works because it grants people a distraction from true cause and effect consequences. And it grants them the alibi of pushing back, receiving energy and having aspects of their life maintained for them whilst they are living out their dysfunctions. And the last point, people only reform when people stop enabling them, stop granting them energy And allow them to face the true consequences if their actions, which, without enabling, will cause their present life to no longer be sustainable. So I want to talk about the deal that all of us lived and knew with narcissists. And just let me paint this following scenario for you. It's an all too familiar scenario. Leslie is a narcissist. She's been in a relationship with Paul for two years. She gambles, smears Paul behind his back, constantly seeks attention from other men at narcissistic supply and incessantly accuses Paul of having affairs behind her back. Paul is hooked. He's trying to reason, convince, console and help her realise that he does love her and that he is faithful and is committed and loyal. Paul fixed up Leslie's credit cards a few months into the relationship because they bought a home together and he wanted a clean slate since then he has paid up her fines and debt on three separate occasions Paul is forever explaining the fundaments of trust between two people in love that any mature adult should just get it doesn't matter how many times he feels that he has broken through with a resolution with her the next day it is like that same conversation never happened Leslie is not learning the consequences of her behaviour. What she's learned is the more that she rants, raves and accuses, the more consoling and confirmation of her attractiveness she gets from Paul. She's also learnt that if she does gamble away her paycheck or not give a crap about going to a parking meter because she's running late, that Paul will fix up the mess. And there will still be a roof over her head, a meal on the table and the mortgage will get paid. And of course she is not going to learn, she's not going to take responsibility and she's not going to heal beyond her behaviour because she does not have to. No matter how desperately Paul wants her to change, what he needs to do is change himself for there to be any change in his life. But he isn't changing himself. So things get worse. Leslie acts out more, Paul gets hooked in harder. The more he tries to control her, the more he is controlled by her and the sicker Paul becomes. Then six months later, Leslie leaves him for a man richer than himself and she's now going for the house that Paul and her bought together with Paul's money, of course. Leslie doesn't have to pay any legal bills because her new partner is a lawyer. Now, Paul is no longer playing the role as the protector, fixer, nurturer. He is under siege from a woman who surmises that Paul has been abusing her with constant affairs. She is relentless and Paul is devastated, shocked, and intensely victimized. We can imagine how he is feeling and what he's saying. Paul has found an online group, he's discovered that she's a narcissist. And he's sharing his story full of his pain and devastation and her insane, cruel betrayal. Now, this is the biggest message. This is the biggest deal, what I'm about to say. We can all, and we did, jump up and down and scream, How dare he or she? How can he or she do that to me? After all I've done for this relationship, this person is a monster. And how dare he or she betray me, have affairs on me, and rip me off, etc, etc. But, and it's big, we haven't realized the truth when we're stuck in this. And the truth is this. What we accept in our life, we will get dished up, period. It's called the poor boundary function. And it's also lack of self-love and self-deservedness and the struggling to be responsible for our own well-being. It's codependency. When we point the finger, scream and play victim, we are powerless. And this is the other big deal. Nothing changes. We're powerless to change the narcissist and we're powerless to change the person who we most need to change, which is ourselves was never about changing the narcissist. And that was something we never had the power to do anyway. The only person we could ever change who could ever change the narcissist is the narcissist. And that is not our concern. So now let's get the focus where it needs to be on self, under the change within ourselves. So getting back to Paul. He couldn't change Leslie, that was impossible. But if he changes himself, his world will change. It will be a different frequency, a different level. He will embody self-love, deservedness and boundaries. He will realize Leslie was not his abuser. She was his messenger. She showed him what he'd never healed in himself. The ways he was not showing up in life authentically. Not honoring himself. The ways he was dangerously handing power over and quite frankly giving to get paul was playing out with leslie what we all were unconsciously trying to appease another so that they could supply us with the emotions love and life we were not taking responsibility to supply for ourselves and this is not exonerating leslie in any way she's a narcissist sick and tormented not a healthy person to have a relationship with by any stretch of the imagination. But for Paul the questions were, why did I draw her into my life and co-generate this experience with her? Because within all of that very honest self-inquiry and self-development, Paul's power is brought back to himself. And here lies Paul's emancipation from not just the pattern of abusive relationships, but also his original wounds that set this up for him in the first place. Fortunately, this story takes on an evolutionary turn. Paul took on self-partnering and the commitment to involve himself as a result of this experience. He did this because he knew the only way to change his life was to change himself. Once he started living that path, he realized people who had been taking advantage of him and not respecting him were now racing to meet his level. Or they were leaving his experience to make way for people who did meet his vibration. Leslie did not have the ability to become conscious and she certainly didn't want to that wasn't her self-development goal at all so it was no deal with her yet people that Paul worked with and his family members started having direction from Paul he was honest with them he would say no if something didn't feel right for him and he also started asking for what he needed and these relationships changed from people not feeling connected to Paul to wanting to give more to him genuinely He became more real, more attractive and more visible to people in his world. In his new, solid, embodied emotional reality of self-love and deservedness, Paul gave up his old victimized beliefs. He knew he was a generative source of his own experience. He knew that his boundaries, life, love and well-being was never dependent on one specific person supplying him with it. He knew he was. Paul made the full commitment in his future to speak up when necessary to lay boundaries and have limits and mere words that didn't follow with solid action would no longer be acceptable this is another lesson we learn when we take the radical responsibility of our mission of empowering ourselves we know that words are cheap and actions speak volumes what we learn is authenticity is king this starts with us being honest about how we feel, what we need and what is or isn't okay with us. And we diligently clean up the inner emotional wounds that were trapped in our inner programming which used to stop us doing that. The fear of rejection, abandonment, criticism or punishment. And then we know we receive the answers from people that allow us to transparently see who is or isn't with us in truth, love and wholesomeness all because we became honest we were finally honest with our own insecurities enough to heal them and then we showed up honestly to others from our own journey of self-honesty we know that no one gets better or changes unless they are 100% honest and humble regarding their insecurities either Because if we hadn't become totally self-honest and looked inwards, we would not have healed. And we realize that all unwholesome and unconscious behavior is caused by wounds, by insecurities. Just as we had inner wounds that caused us to not show up honestly. We realize that anyone's mere words without an honest self-disclosure and humility means they cannot and will not reprogram their inner wounds change their behavior, or let in a profound higher power that can heal them. And we stop taking it also personally. We know that we can't make people face and deal with their inner wounds if they have no desire to. And if they are still unconscious, then that is their trip. So with compassion we let go and we allow them to play it out because the only responsibility and right is our side of the fence. Here is a profound truth. You have to lead the way. People in your life experience cannot and will not show up as authentic until you become a generative model of committing to that life force yourself. It was never about them. It had always been about you. And as Paul learnt, yes, there was casualties. He paid a price. He had to do a payout on his house. But what he did learn was that lesson completely catapulted him into a completely different universe and a completely different way of being in the world and when we go through that we know that sometimes we have to pay a lot of money we have to pay a price for a lesson but the lesson was completely worth it so let's have a look at this question and this question is why is narcissism right on our planet I believe there are three main reasons that it is and the first is because our world is uneducated about the necessary programming for children to become healthy, whole and emotionally solid adults and the second because there are so many people enabling abusers to continue to abuse and the last one because we were taught the powerless victim model to put all the blame back on abusers instead of doing the two things that are paramount to change our world from the dynamics of abuse and abused. There are only two ways we will ever transcend abuse-abused and the first is develop ourselves enough to stop enabling and feeding energy to abusers which means letting go, creating healthy boundaries detoxifying ourselves of all of the pain blame and fear that keeps us hooked in and handing over any physical or emotional energy as well as expanding our own consciousness that's our goal to expand and become wiser and more empowered and more solid human beings and then living and teaching a higher consciousness by example especially to our young children in their impactful, vulnerable learning stage where everything is accepted deep into their psyche as truth which is up to around 7 years of age. And I'm really passionate about this and this is why I'm so active about trying to heal people past the illusions of the victim model because I see so clearly how not only is it not stopping narcissists it's also cementing the problem deeper it means that people are even further away from creating the two above necessary steps the ones I just mentioned to heal themselves and our world so more about childhood programming one of the greatest mistakes that we can make as parents is to think that we're going to have the emotional solidness To be a more conscious parent before working on our own consciousness. And what I learned as a parent so much is that it's impossible to teach something that we haven't embodied. We can't lead others to where we've not gone ourselves. So the truth is, all of us are products of the unconscious parenting we received and the wounds that we took on from our parents as our own what you will find profoundly is is when you do begin working on your own consciousness as your first and most important mission because you've realized that your entire life emanates from that foundation your parenting naturally improves as does the emotional empowerment levels of your children and much of this happens organically Because the more whole and at peace and full that you feel in your own life as a result of letting go of outdated wounds, the more ability you have to love and accept yourself. And then you've let go of trying to control people and things that you can't control. And then the more and more you are capable of letting go of holding people and things outside of you responsible for your life. In other words, you stop handing your power over. And as a result of that, anxiousness, fear and dread start to melt away in your life and in your inner being. And then you start showing up from a much cleaner emotional space. You start being honest and transparent. You start sharing the real you. And from this comes great insight, love and connection with your children. It also invites them to show up without fear in honesty with you, knowing that you will validate, support and guide instead of attempt to prescribe, criticise and control. And for the purposes of this article, I want to explain to you a little more about the scientific reality that we now know about childhood programming. And before recently, we did not know the truth, we were clueless. In fact, we thought that how children were treated emotionally was a really low priority. We thought that practical survival, physically not abusing them, educating and granting opportunities were key for them to have a great life. And this was the Newtonian model, that the predisposed genes of a newborn were on an already set trajectory and practical supplements were all that could help the positives of the child come to fruition. Through studies we now know how important the child's environment is and this means the emotional contribution of the parents. Indigenous societies knew that we are now discovering that the parents' influence starts to take place even before birth, that the consciousness of the parents at conception impacts the child's brain development. And this is why these societies had periods of emotional, mental, mental, and physical cleansing before purposefully creating another human life form. As Bruce Lipton writes in his book, The Biology of Belief, the fetal and infant nervous system has vast sensory and learning capacities and a kind of memory that neuroscientists call implicit memory. In Bruce Lipton's book, there is a great deal of scientific evidence regarding children taking on the emotional dispositions and neuron path, brain pathways from their parents even before they are born. Human babies and young children are fascinating. They are powerful learning machines. Human babies are not born with survival instincts like animals are that allow them to function. And we're in a human world which is evolving at breakneck speed. And this means babies and young children are equipped with voracious subconscious minds that suck up information at highly accelerated rates. And that's a necessity for a human child to be able to survive and participate in the human experience. But for all of its superior learning advantages, the power of the subconscious has major disadvantages. The subconscious does not differentiate any message as wrong or right. And up to 7 years of age, approximately, in delta and theta brainwave, there is no conscious filtering going on. Everything is simply registered directly into the subconscious as truth. And I'll just give you a really simple example of how that works. Let's imagine that Mama's is laughing at her toddler and she's saying, You clumsy, silly girl, you fell over again. Now what happens is the daughter's subconscious belief that forms is, I'm a clumsy, silly girl. You see the subconscious has no sense of humour. It is literal. It gets really impactful when you think about this. What you took on and what you've passed on to your children all the limiting small fearful beliefs that are possible about ourselves others and life all the damaging information our parents unknowingly fed us that went straight into our subconscious and this is how we know when we have subconscious beliefs that are opposed to our conscious desires we feel at war with ourselves we can't seem to stop eating junk food Or despite our best intentions and planning, we can't get motivated. Or do what we know we should do. Or we keep handing our power away painfully in actions and obsessions about things and people outside of our control that we know aren't helping us, but we can't stop doing these actions keeping hooked into, connected to and abused by abusers is a classic example of painful subconscious beliefs that's all a part of it and within the self-battle we lose self-respect and self-esteem and we can feel powerless and defeated we may not realise how powerful the subconscious mind is and how futile our conscious mind is when pitted against it and that this is the problem Science has proven that our subconscious is a million times more powerful than our conscious mind. Our subconscious mind fires up a million times more nerve endings in our brain, more synopsis pathways than what our conscious mind can ever access. And when we think about it, we can easily understand the validity of this claim. Our subconscious runs countless chemical operations that keep us alive without our, within our body and makes millions of simultaneous multi-directional choices without any of our conscious input or recognition. Bruce Lipton writes about his incredible aha moment in the biology of belief when he received kinesiology. When he made the statement, my name is Bruce, his arm held strong. Whereas when he said, my name is Mary, he could not hold his arm up when it was pushed down, no matter how determined he was for that not to happen. No matter how much physical effort he put in to holding his arm strong, he couldn't. And the same goes for all of us when we are muscle tested. If we have a statement that our subconscious does not believe, our whole body loses energy, loses body chi so Bruce knew because he knew enough about science and how the body brain body connection works he knew that what this meant point blank no matter what direction he wanted to do in life such as hold his arm firm or create something new in his life that he'd never been able to do previously if his subconscious did not agree with this direction of truth then no amount of conscious effort would ever create it. So let's imagine if we had the ingrained belief, love hurts, and we learnt that as a child, then this literally means this is true for us. And we will never be able to hold and create any other reality unless that belief in our subconscious is reprogrammed. And this is the powerless grip that humankind has been in. nil understanding of the subconscious mind or how to access it and change it. In other words, not knowing how to become the change that we want to see in our world. And in this powerless panic and pain, people have been futilely trying to battle these beliefs consciously and then trying to change everything outside of themselves to get relief when that didn't work and that's the victim perpetrator mess look at our world, it's not working this is why we've not been healing and this is why we haven't been passing on the necessary programming to our new generations in order to change our world but we can change, starting with ourselves, one by one Many of us are doing just that. Waking up to become the change we want to see. And all of us who are willing to be authentic can do that. Absolutely. So I hope that this radio show has helped you realize what can be done about narcissists. The topic of this conversation actually has nothing to do with narcissists. The power was always inside ourselves. And I would love you to, to understand this deeply and join me in this new world consciousness movement that we all need to become a part of if we want to change ourselves and change the pain and change our world. And I would love to share my healing model with you so that you can learn how to find and reprogram your subconscious beliefs and what you will see on my blog which is blog.melanietonieevans.com where this article is posted you will see that I've written about the release to the next Facebook group the private Facebook group and the next free webinar group where people and you can join in a big conversation and a healing process to find out more about how to become the change that we want to see in our lives and we want to see in our world and you will also see that there is a link there to join in this next facebook group and the next webinar group which is www.melanietoniaevans.com forward slash free webinar so i'll give you that address again it's www.melanietoniaevans.com forward slash free webinar so I really hope that you've enjoyed this radio show it is confronting and I know that there are a lot of people out there that really feel that I'm blaming and shaming you for what went wrong and I'm not that is not my intention in any shape or form my intention is to help empower you and to find the true healing so that you can be emancipated from the pain and the agony and the patterns of abuse So that's it from me for this week, everybody, and lots of love. Um, Bye-bye.